welcome to the Old Soul Movie Podcast, your number one spot for classic movie rewatches and breakdowns. My name is Jack Oremus, and I'm here with my sister, Emma Oremus. We decided that we wanted to make a show that reflected our love and appreciation for classic movies. And while you're here, hopefully we can share that together as an Old Soul family. We're going to be diving into these movies scene by scene and giving our modern reactions to the films that have influenced generations of people. There will be fun facts, hot takes, tears, laughter, and everything in between. And with that being said, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Old Soul Movie Podcast. And today we have a little dealer's choice. Uh, we enjoyed the last one so much. What was it now, Emma? Like a month or two ago? Um, oh, uh, our, yeah, our November. Choice, November. Mm-hmm. So uh, we had to bring back the dealer's choice sort of format where mm-hmm. I select a movie that Emma has not seen and she selects a movie that I haven't seen. Not hard to do. But Emma, how are you today? Uh, on this glorious, glorious February day. We got I, Valentine's Day. Coming. Exactly. Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's or Galentine's to all of our listeners. I'm pretty excited. Jack and I are rocking some pink and red outfits today. Mm-hmm. And we are ready to go for our little Valentine's rom-coms. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, we decided that we want to have this be a little rom-com theme. Thought it fit the bill. Uh, Emma, the movie that I selected for you was a little movie from 1949 called Adam's Rib, which, if you're not familiar with it, is about a courtroom rivalry, which finds its way into a household when a prosecuting lawyer, Adam Bonner, played by Spencer Tracy, faces off against his wife, Amanda, played by Catherine Hepburn, who happens to be a defense attorney working on opposite sides of a lawsuit where a woman, Judy Holliday, has shot her cheating husband, Tom Ewell. Adam and Amanda are both determined to win the case, and their home becomes the setting for comical showdowns with neither spouse willing to relent. Emma, how did you like this? Or do you want to, you know, give your movie maybe a little teaser for the one that you selected for me? Yes. Okay. So for Jack, I was just split, split, torn into a million pieces, did not know which movie to give you. I was actually in between a couple Audrey Hepburn movies, and I narrowed it down to Sabrina or Funny Face. But because you haven't seen Sabrina, and because I feel like that's such a well-known one, I was like, yeah, we gotta we gotta knock that one out. And yeah, so we have a little Hepburn Hepburn double feature, which is pretty exciting, Audrey and Catherine. But yeah, so Sabrina is a 1954 film directed by Billy Wilder. It is based off the book Sabrina Fair by Samuel A. Taylor. It stars Humphrey Bogart, Audrey Hepburn, William Holden. And essentially, I I didn't write out the synopsis or take it from Wikipedia, but essentially a chauffeur's daughter has a mad crush on one of the sons of the household that they work for, and he doesn't really seem to notice her. She gets a little bit of a glow up, and he starts to notice her, which is not the most convenient thing for the family and their business deal. So the other brother tries to kind of distract her and take her attentions off him. Yeah, I again, I um, I went into it not knowing a thing about it, didn't look it up, at all before. So I was very, very 
surprise with I think how everything ended up unfolding. <laughs> but um, but oh man, this is going to be a fun episode. Emma, do you want to talk a little bit about Adam's rib? What did you uh, what did you like? What did you dislike about it? Or what was your reaction? Okay, okay. So where do we even begin? All right. So obviously, this is one of the nine movies that Katherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy have been in together. And I actually, you know, I will say generally speaking, I haven't seen a ton of their movies together. So I was excited to knock this out because they were such an iconic pair. Uh, They were very well known on screen and off screen couple. So yeah, that was really fun to see this. Um, Also, I mean, it's just kind of interesting at the time with how movie stars were and then being under contract with the studios, that's still being a really common practice. The studios having a lot of say and control over their stars' lives and projects. And to my knowledge, Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy kind of had the most liberty out of all of MGM's stars under contract. And uh, they were very bankable. So I think this was their sixth one together. Uh, yeah, so they kind of had that freedom to do certain projects. And this is also Gene Hagen's first movie ever, uh, pre her being Lena Lamott in uh, Singing in the Rain. So that right. was really fun to see her in, uh, in a different role, such an early role. And it was kind of fun to see Judy Holiday also, who plays Doris, because she was up for Lorelei in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. And that was interesting to kind of see those Lorelei vibes in this character, maybe. But Yeah, some of the background stuff was really fun. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. Very cute opening credits. I love the little play act title cards. Yeah, and I thought it was just going to be the beginning, but it ended up being throughout the movie. And I thought that was a pretty charming touch, but wow, it was followed by a very intense (laughs) shooting scene. And I I did not expect that. I mean, I I saw kind of a neurotic woman in the beginning, but I didn't really know that we were going to hit the action uh, run in there. So So that (laughs) that was crazy. And yeah, this is quite a feminist movie or at least maybe like progressive for women type of movie. Uh, I loved all the calling out of double standards and definitely heavy in the first half with the uh, double standards of cheating, uh, like women drivers, smoking. There's a lot of like identifying what we gender as male or female, which I thought was pretty cool for a movie in the 40s. And I thought it was cool that Catherine Hepburn's character, Amanda, owned her own practice. And it seems like a very women-oriented law firm. So that was really cool to see also. Um, Question. Question, I guess, like before we kind of move on here. (laughs) So we've kind of discussed, I mean, this is the old Soul Movie Podcast. We cover, you know, decades and decades, generations worth of films here. Do you think that some of those earlier kind of films, whether it be in the 40s or 30s, were more feminist in nature, like more so than some of the ones kind of around the mid-century, mid to late century, like as far as themes go? Because Uh, I feel like some of them are a lot more progressive or just, I think, show women in a more powerful role, which is kind of like the essence or even the tagline of like what Adam's rib is, you know, who wears the pants. So what, what are your thoughts on that? You see uh, quite a mix, you know, there's definitely, especially in the film noir category, you get those femme fatales, which is, 
a response to women rising in the workplace, but then you get a movie like this that is promoting that that's okay. Be a strong woman. Yes. Like, yes, queens, rise up. (laughs) And I mean, we have to remember that this came out after the war. And during the war, a lot of women were working and out of the house. And there was this kind of cultural shift in how women were viewed. And so then after the war, you do get kind of that a mix of like repression, I feel like oppression and also push back, push forwards. And it just depends on the movie, but yeah, it's, it's fun to kind of identify given the historical context of what's going on. Like you look at the great depression, you look at the roaring twenties, you look at the forties, the fifties, uh, sixties, and just look at like what's going on in the world and then point out people that are fighting either way. It's kind of like movies with the um with the with the Hollywood blacklist. There's going to be movies that are like yes, the blacklist is keeping us safe and you have others that are like this is disgusting and you know, it's a witch a witch hunt. <laughs> so yeah. it, I feel like you see that with feminist movies too. There's both like the movement of it moving forward and you have the people trying to regress. This for sure is a movie uh trying to push forward for women. And Katherine Hepburn was such a champion for that movement, for women being seen as strong, independent, outspoken. She was really a huge vision and picture of that in the old Hollywood era. So yeah, it doesn't surprise me that she was in this project too. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, what did surprise you, I think the most, as you were watching it, whenever kind of things came up, was anything unexpected or uh overall like how did you how did you enjoy it genuinely yeah, like, did you I, like it or was it kind of like eh? okay I would say I would kind of put this as I think it's kind of a weird little movie that's, <laughs> it is weird that's, it that's is weird my, that's how I like that's how it left me feeling where I'm kind of like I didn't dislike it I just found it of interest like it just kind of piqued my curiosity and made me think about I don't know the the context in which it came out in and stuff. I I found it I I thought that the writing was well like I thought it was well crafted in the in mm-hmm. terms of writing and the parallels, you know, with the court case and like their their real life and marriage and stuff. Uh so that was that was cool. There were things I liked about it. It's probably not my favorite movie ever, but I don't know. I just thought it was kind of a weird movie that made me think. <laughs> like that was so. I, yeah, it's, I, I didn't dislike it, but I wouldn't be like I have to watch that again. Yeah. Uh, there's actually probably other movies I just like prefer, I guess, with that same message. But that's, that's totally fair. I mean, there are <laughs> a lot of romantic comedies out there, and even for me, watching Sabrina, I feel like one of the things that is definitely or is just very uh, notable kind of throughout the years is just how comedy has changed. Like what makes it a romantic comedy back in the day is much different, I think, than what makes romantic comedy today. I feel like there's a huge shift in, uh, I guess, just society. You know, a lot of things have um, obviously changed since 1949 and 1954. So... Yeah, some of this, it doesn't feel quite as funny, maybe as like, I don't even know what a good example of today would be. Maybe like, <laughs> I mean, we both love My Best Friend's Wedding. I feel like yeah. that's a great one if you're looking for a modern r- rom-com. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you feel about sort of like 
the the generational differences? Yeah, I mean, definitely changes. I think what's interesting to me is both. Uh, with both our movies that we selected, there is a slight sense of seriousness or drama attached. Whereas today, I feel like rom-coms are pretty, pretty, yeah, pretty lighthearted for 95% of it with maybe like a small ounce of, oh Mm -hmm. no, Uh, but you know, it's going to work out. So I don't know. You definitely see that change, but other things that were of note to me. Yeah. Just kind of like the gendering of emotions. I like that they called out that women can experience anger and have that emotion. I love that it wasn't twisted. And I like that they show that men can be sad and cry. Okay. And it was just really interesting watching this courtroom situation in comparison to something else like anatomy of a murder. Uh, Mm. I would refer you to our anatomy of a murder episode for more thoughts on, I don't know, defense, not guilty by reason of insanity, all that stuff. Uh, But specifically in comparison to that movie, it's interesting to watch a woman defendant, which yeah, I feel like was not very commonplace at all. Mm-hmm. And there were other things I liked. I liked the little off-screen physical stuff. We didn't get to see some of their intimacies, but we could hear it when they were in the other room. So I thought that was kind of a fun way of being cheeky and also a very tame movie at the same time. Uh, the dinner party scene kind of killed me. <laughs> well, they were all glamorous and stuff, and that was fun. But when she announced that she took the case and he has the drink tray, and he's like, Oh, like, so clumsy. It drops all the stuff. So there's some gaggy type things. And yeah, I like that they show the home videos of their relationship so we could see uh, actual literal pictures of them beyond their lawyerness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just intriguing things like during the jury selection, the man saying, openly saying he doesn't believe in equal rights for women. Uh, Usually that's shown, not told in this day and age. So to hear those words, it's, yeah, very jarring. And the the trial. Um, okay, definitely, again, some more stuff like uh, when he started cheating on her because she started getting too fat. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, it makes it harder for the jury and the audience to side with him because he's so unlikable. <laughs> And But one thing I didn't love was I didn't love kind of this blame on the mistress. And I think we've really progressed in those views of constantly blaming the woman. Uh, and I felt like we saw a little bit of that angle here. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't love that slap action. It was not a playful love slap between Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn. I don't know. The, the, the whole court scene was quite the quite quite the circus there at the end um, with, the, with the various women. And while having the variety of women was very cool and impressive, you see a couple women of different races than being white. And that does show and promote women equality to the masses watching the film. But I had a really hard time seeing any of that being admissible in court. <laughs> like this whole, yeah. uh, the, 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 I don't know, strong woman tumbler situation. Yeah. So the whole court thing was interesting. And actually, okay. I, 
Well, I think a lot of the intentions were good. There were some things that I thought were just kind of maybe dated in terms of, uh, I don't know, looking for equality. And especially at the end when Catherine Hepburn's character, like at the end of the trial, when Catherine Hepburn's character goes, oh, look at her like she was a man when she was talking about her defendant, like think about her as if she's a man. I don't know. I Something about that I don't like because I think it places more value actually on the privileged group more than it uplifts a marginalized person, if that makes any sense. Uh, so in, in a sense that like scene was kind of like saying that men should get away with shooting their wives if they cheat. And I don't know, I, I get the intention, but I just wasn't really sold on its effectiveness. Uh, yeah, so it was, it was hard, but at the same time, you're looking at this view of a success for a woman lawyer. She gets a win in court and all this stuff like that trashy, sleazy husband isn't in the right, but it's hard. It's definitely a little different than I think a real life law case would go down. I would say, I would say, I mean, (laughs) there's a lot going on in the movie. And to be quite honest, like it had been around four or five years since I had last seen it. So, uh, I remember thinking that it was entertaining, but you know, it wasn't my, my favorite. I wasn't rewatching it like crazy, but I thought that it was definitely worth watching, you know, for this this Valentine's day, this little (laughs) dealer's choice and even the name, I don't even know if you want to touch on the name at all, but like Adam's kind of a, even like a biblical illusion um kind of weird yeah. it's very it's just a weird kind of movie <laughs> well definitely with like women coming from men i thought that was a like an interesting title choice like us being a derivative of men yeah. uh and also they're like looking at the poster at the trailers and stuff there's a lot of emphasis on who wears the pants in your family which i thought like now today i mean uh, we gender you know pants with being men and like who's the man in your relationship and the man having control like it's a roundabout way of saying like who has control and that person should be the man and I yeah I thought that was really weird because like you know you both wear the pants like this is a partnership that's it's equal stuff and what's Mm -hmm. weirder on that is that Catherine Hepburn was so known for kind of gender bending and wearing trousers yeah, yeah, so weird, weird promotional <laughs> yeah. stuff there. But you know what? And I don't know if this is necessarily funny, but what I did get a kick out of was this neighbor uh, being into Amanda. I don't know why I thought that was so funny. I was getting Curb Your Enthusiasm vibes, like when mm-hmm. Cheryl has her male tennis partner friend, which I'm still adamant was platonic on her end. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Kip definitely has the thing for Amanda. And this guy has some balls. Like he is openly hitting on this guy's wife in front of him. And I'm like, dude. Uh, and, and some of the lines like lawyers shouldn't marry other lawyers. They should marry piano players or songwriters or both. And I'm like, you're laying it on really thick, pal. Not even being, you know, subtle about it. That's another thing just about these old movies. It's, it's like, they're almost shameless in (laughs) some of the dialogue, some of the scenes and, uh, man, even Sabrina has a little bit of that. So I can't wait to get into it, but, um, Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, Closing thoughts was, I think this is definitely one worth seeing, especially in regards to feminism and film. And yeah, this could be a fun Galentine's Day, actually. But I don't know. 
yeah, it was just an interesting look. I, yeah. I would just say that I was curious. It left me curious and feeling weird. <laughs> I was going to say, it could make a fun drinking game movie. I feel like there's there are ways to make it um, more entertaining. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's part of the old cinema lore. Watch Spencer Tracy. If not this one, definitely check out a Spencer Tracy, Catherine Hepburn film. I should myself should watch more because they really are a pretty uh, iconic part of that era. Definitely. Yeah. And speaking of iconic, oh boy, <laughs> oh boy, do we have another dynamic duo in Sabrina, Emma. Yes. Should we shift over to uh, our Audrey Hepburn? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say our little Audrey instead of Catherine, no relation. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, Emma, if you wanted to talk a little bit about that, but maybe we'll save that for an actress spotlight. I can, I mean, I'll just say it really quick. If, sure. In case you're curious, it could save you a Google search. <laughs> um, but essentially, uh, Kat, or Audrey Hepburn's birth name was Audrey Rustin, and this was chosen as her stage name, Hepburn. Excellent. Nice, quick, and easy. <laughs> I love it. So, <laughs> Sabrina, 1954. Emma, why did you end up choosing this one? We kind of talked about it earlier, but like, what was it that really stuck out to you about this film? I think that this is a really cherished one for a lot of people. Even myself, I would say that this is, again, one of the earliest old movies that I watched in my life that kind of introduced me to this time period of film. So, and it, I mean, it's got, uh, you know, three terrific well-known actors with Humphrey Bogart, Audrey Hepburn, William Holden. And for those of you that don't know, this was remade in the 90s with uh, Harrison Ford, um, Julia Ormond, and Greg Kinnear. And it really did not do well at the box office because a lot of people were comparing it to this movie. So they're like, oh, you know, like, you can't beat that. Uh, so I don't know. It's just an important one to see. It's actually kind of iconic for several reasons. Most notably, the relationship between Audrey Hepburn and Givenchy, the designer. A uh, little, little controversial here. So Edith Head was the costume designer for this movie, and she won the Oscar for Best Costume Design. However, there is ponderings that the work was truly that of Givenchy. Now, Edith Head said she drew inspiration from Givenchy's designs that Audrey Hepburn liked uh, and made some changes, but they were not his. Now, Givenchy said that the black satin dress was his design and it was supervised under Edith Head. Now, keep in mind, Givenchy was only 26 years old at the time. He had only started his own design house two years prior to that movie's release. So he was pretty young, you know, like up and comer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as actually when he, I, I think it's up for debate exactly what went down in the costume department, but he was definitely involved. And he even said that when being approached for this, he thought he would be designing for Catherine Hepburn, not Audrey Hepburn. But so, the classic mix-up. Classic, classic mix-up. Mix <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, after this movie came out, Audrey Hepburn ended up using uh, Mr. Givenchy for her personal and professional wardrobe. He most notably created the little black dress in uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. So either way, long time, they worked together. And this movie is kind of what started it all. And man, oh man, the costumes in this movie. Mwah. 
I would but, watch it for that alone. Yeah, <laughs> enough, enough. Like you, I think you mentioned to, uh, I guess, give Edith Head the Academy Award for Best Costume Design, uh, Black and White. Also getting, um, yeah, yes. <laughs> and you're also getting uh, Best Director nominee, Best Actress nominee, Best Screenplay nominee, uh, Art Direction, Cinematography. Lots of good noms there at the Academy Awards. So it was pretty mm-hmm. critically acclaimed. Time, I was going to say, sure. I was going to say, okay, so here it is for me. Here is my reaction to Sabrina. I really loved all the technical details about it. Mm-hmm. I love the cinematography. I really, really liked the costumes and, and the art direction, but I just was not crazy about the story for whatever reason. I just could not buy, I could not buy that David could like, did not notice Sabrina before like when he did i feel like it's it's the old it's a wonderful life situation where you have donna reed in the glasses <laughs> and she's still a baddie and you know <laughs> she's still good looking and it's like nothing really changed much for audrey hepburn in between her like quote-unquote glow up it's not even like <laughs> what what what's that one movie called the princess diaries with yeah Hathaway? it's not even like she was i don't know a little like troll uh before neither was Anne Hathaway Hathaway, but they purposely made her kind of look like I don't not like unattractive but just kind of like nerdy which honestly isn't even bad like she was still cute I digress anyways I was also confused because she is I guess a a chef um where she's attending Le Cordon Cordon Bleu. Bleu Uh, which was a great scene. I actually, I think that was my favorite scene along with um, the older gentleman who the was egg. talking. Yeah, the, the egg. The uh, Baron. Which, I, yeah, I, I love how they, you know, go over cracking it and stuff. Um, that was actually, I think, the the funniest moment, I think, of the entire film. But um, yeah, I love what the older sort of, uh, you know, well-versed gentleman chef cook you know, told, told uh, just, just brushing Hepburn, up on his souffle skills. Yeah, yeah, his souffle skills, and he's like, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I can't remember exactly what he said. You but young it was people, like, you are uh, so fashioned. When, when you are too in love, you burn it. You know, but if <laughs> you didn't even put the oven on, um, that was a great. I movie. want a friend like yeah. the Baron in my life. The Baron was the man. I really, I, I think he might have been my favorite character. Um, I really, I was not like particularly drawn to. Linus or David. Um, in Hi. fact, I actually really did not. I disliked David a lot. And even Humphrey Bogart, I I respect his work, but you know, there are some times when I can genuinely see what uh Paul Anreed, Anreed from okay. Blanca, otherwise known as Victor Laszlo, was saying when they were getting into their little tussles back and forth of him not being a good actor. I don't know. I I I, I think he was a fine. I, he is a fine actor, but for me, I was seeing just like <laughs> a lot of weird parallels to Casablanca, like between him, like telling her to to sing for him, or I mean, this is just kind of normal human stuff. L- little but, typecasty, yeah, a bit. It was a little typecasty for me, but I still overall I liked it. But for me, it wasn't enough to like. I think connect him and Audrey Hepburn within the time span that they spent together to like maybe fall in love or have that connection. It just seemed to me a little forced. And so, well, that was my only thing with, and I've got to say, I 
wonder if that has anything to do with, and I don't want to say it was drama necessarily, but the off-screen, behind-the-scenes situation. Cary Grant was actually the first one approached for the role of Linus, Mm. and he declined. And then Bogart got the role, and he said he even wasn't really sure if he was right for it. And he actually wanted his wife, Lauren Bacall, to be cast as Sabrina. And he complained that Audrey Hepburn required too many takes to get her scene right. So there was some tension there. Also, to make it even more intriguing, was that uh, Audrey Hepburn and William Holden entered into an affair during the production of this. So they were hooking up. So I can see maybe some triangulation happening behind the scenes, which may have caused like, I don't know, the relationships not to translate as well on screen. And there are some people that think that William Holden actually should have been cast as Linus. They should have gotten some hot young unknown for the role of David. Mm. And that that would have been better chemistry. So I was going to say like, Humphrey Bogart was, you know, notably older, like notably older. Okay. And I've got to say, though, I actually liked that they called attention to the age gap in the movie. And it's something that really should be (laughs) called out for today with male leads being so much older, female leads being so much younger. And what does that say about the roles available to men versus women and how we age, yada, yada, yada. But I do like that she kind of was like, oh, it'll be such a scandal if we get together because there's a 30-year age gap. And <laughs> they they acknowledge it, though, which I appreciate. And it's not like, um, I think it's Love in the Afternoon with her and Gary Cooper, where that movie didn't do so well because Gary Cooper looked so much older than her. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know if that played a part in it. it yeah, yeah I've, but I, I feel like maybe the friction between Bogart and Hepburn may have been causing that disconnect for you a little bit. I don't know. I actually think they only kissed one time in the film. Now that I'm thinking about it. They didn't even kiss at the end. I know. They hugged. (laughs) They hugged at the end on the boat after not closing a $20 million deal. He gives up a $20 million deal to go like on a tugboat and go flag down uh, an ocean liner. And they only end up hugging on like, and it's a long shot. It's not even like, I don't know. That 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 was kind of just rubbing me the wrong way. But um, but yeah, even just kind of thinking like how you know Bogart, the classic, here's looking at you, kid. Like instead of that for this movie, it was like it's all in the family, which is just kind of weird. Like I don't know how I felt about it because the uh, I, I wish I were my brother part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I I was just kind of I I was watching it and I was like, really. Like that is working. Um, okay. I kind of had to suspend a little disbelief at, at points because I was like, this is just the chemistry felt off to me. And I think it was a lot to to do with kind of the behind the scenes sort of aspects of it. And, you know, as much as I didn't really like David, I thought that he was still at least better for Sabrina more so than Linus. Um, I don't know. Linus just kind of felt like, like, <laughs> like a very, very minor character, honestly, until like, much later in the film and the interest kind of came out of nowhere for me but you know I like this movie um it's again I wouldn't know I don't know if I'd say this is my favorite but like you know I I like it I guess but I will say I if from a romantic vantage point 
I have a hard time deciphering when the act went away and when the feelings started emerging. And I feel right. like usually you can watch, you can point that out, be it a Hallmark Christmas movie or mm-hmm. I don't know, uh, whatever. Yeah. And I feel like this could have easily have been remedied or solved with a little exposition, you know, with like maybe Linus had been like secretly in love with Sabrina, like forever. I don't know. I don't even know. Like something as simple as as that would have at least made it make a little more sense to me. And so that's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. But um, (laughs) I mean, overall though, I still, I still loved the, uh, the cinematography and like the great shots, the set design. I really loved his office and like his Mm -hmm. Dr. Evil buttons, which control like everything um, in the building. But uh, I thought it was so cool seeing France. I love seeing uh, like Sacre-Cœur in the background of yeah. her window, the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, and come on. I mean, the costumes, her black and white dress at the party mm-hmm. might be one of my favorite costumes of all time ever. And I'm always jealous of a girl that can rock short hair. <laughs> she looked fabulous. Very Roman holiday-ish, chopping off that hair, becoming more sophisticated or more into her womanhood. And also her sailing outfit. Ooh, sign me up for that. Like I want to wear that. <laughs> yeah. No, it, I mean, the, the costumes were, were phenomenal in it. So if you're a fan of costumes, I definitely recommend watching, especially because I, I think it's always... Uh, very unique when you can bring out the like the personality of the clothes within within like using just black and white you know for um i guess like the cinematography but yeah this was uh this was a lot to to take in i i honestly like i enjoyed it but i kind of didn't care who she ended up with like i was i was sort of fine with whoever did you want her to sail to paris on her own I honestly would have been fine with it. And I, I kind of would have been down with her meeting somebody on the on the ship. Like I, I don't really think that either of the the Larrabees are really worthy of Sabrina. And I, I just foresee issues with the family down the line. I think he has to like just kind of abandon his family and maybe his his job. But I guess he gave her all those shares and all that money. It doesn't really matter at this point. He can just probably low off that but Ooh, no no take backsies for that like i don't i don't know if there's take backsies i don't i don't know <laughs> uh i mean going off of that last second hug i really don't know what what to <laughs> what to think um but it was it was a fun fun film i really did enjoy the the scenes where she was at the cordon bleu and the baron the professor great great i love i love it and yeah i'm again just amazed that David could not recognize her like at all when, when they reconnected. I actually thought that they could, I I thought that they had, I guess, had a thing previously, which I guess it kind of did when they were like super young, but like when you're a kid, it doesn't really count. I don't know. Yeah. But that's like, she held on to that. Yeah. But he never noticed her at all as she was growing up buy that he's kind of a womanizer he's like a playboy type of situation and he just got you know super distracted i i i kind of think he is in the camp of really really did not pay attention to her at all uh like yeah which is again hard to believe because she was still fine like she was still (laughs) 
so good looking that, you know, even when she's almost getting popped with a champagne cork, like she's still looking good. And so I don't know. I just, I, I'm, yeah, I, I have a lot of kind of initial emotions towards, towards the film right now, mostly just with my, I think, disappointment with the ending and how it just seemed like they were really, really great friends. But um, yeah, I, I don't know that lot like brother drama is always kind of funny. Um, again, other really, really small note, maybe my last note, we'll see. But how do you forget that you have glasses in the back of your pants? Like, how do you not feel that? I know it's a little gaggy, but I, I, you know, I guess when you're caught up with your dad harking on you and your brother saying stuff and you just lose your mind, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, that's pretty impressive that his butt was incapacitated for (laughs) a couple days. Yeah. For however long. And (laughs) I mean, I did enjoy and thought it was pretty funny anytime that they had that little like plastic plank thing that they're always kind of jumping on top of it. I did think that that was pretty funny. So there are kind of moments that uh, made me chuckle here and there. Yeah, I would actually I, more so call this a comedy than a romantic comedy. Yeah, well, um, oh my gosh. <laughs> as weird as that I, is to say. Like parts that make me laugh are kind of, and I don't want to say the obsession Sabrina had with David, but kind of at the beginning when her, you know, the, her dad and the other staff, they're really rooting for her to get over him when they're reading the letter, like, that's good. That's bad. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that kind of stuff was funny. Uh, she named her dog, David. It's just like, Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. my gosh. Borderline uh, <laughs> creepy. But I do, I do want to add that. I really like the, I guess the, the servant mob, like they're like the servant family. I, I, uh, lo- I love they're, they're that cool. crew as yeah. well. They're cool. Yeah. They're, they they're, were, they're the kind of people that'll have your back. They were, they were pretty, I don't know. They were pretty funny. Cool to see. I really liked when, um, <laughs> was the main guy when he saw, you know, Sabrina, Audrey Hepburn come through and he was sort of like in the kitchen. I think it was the kitchen or just where everyone else was. And he was, you know, singing her praises with how beautiful she was. Cause she is, super fine in that dress. <laughs> I feel bad for, uh, I guess Elizabeth, the, um, the fiance of David. Cause she wasn't bad looking. I mean, she was pretty attractive too. I literally thought um, you were about to say, I feel bad for Shivan. She not getting oh, the credit. Well, anyway. Shivan, she too, but, <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah. the, um, Elizabeth. No, the, uh, poor Elizabeth. She had no idea what was going on. Yeah. This does not pass the Bechdel test. If you were curious, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I should I mean, have checked. You know what? I bet Adam's rib did. I didn't like specifically scout out for that. But I mean, when the <laughs> when Catherine Hepburn, her secretary, are talking about the court case, yeah, I it's bet funny. that did pass. Funny. Ever since we talked about it a few episodes ago, now I'm always sort of on the on the lookout for the Bechdel test. But but yeah, I mean, overall, it's going to sound like I was kind of hating on Sabrina, but I really did enjoy watching it. Um, I just kind of find the humor in sort of like. The antiquity of these movies sometimes and just how different it is and uh and so yeah i felt like that was sort of what i was going through while i watched it overall really, um, i mean it's a, it's a classic iconic film so definitely check it out and see for yourself i mean maybe you will completely disagree with me maybe you'll think that humphrey bogart audrey hepburn linus and sabrina are meant to be and they have a beautiful relationship that will stand the test of time <laughs> or you'll think they're just crazy for, you know, being involved with each other for three days and not having like any kind of spark and deciding to go to Paris. 
Uh, That's just me. I, you know, I hold a very special place for this one <laughs> in my heart. Um, I yeah. love a zany, messy love story, and this one certainly delivers in that regard. I love beautiful costumes. I, and despite maybe a disconnect with some of the chemistry, I do buy a lot of what they're selling for their characters uh, and their interpretations. So I do think the acting is strong. I think that the interactions could have been better amongst the love triangle situation. Yeah. That mm-hmm. would be, yeah. Because I actually think that some of the scenes where it's not involving the love interests, some of those I think were some of the most funny or I know. I know it capture you the most. Yeah. But yeah, like the Baron and Sabrina and the French That was the chef. most yeah. captivating scene <laughs> to me. That was like the most I, I was so drawn into the movie when he was talking. I was like laid this wisdom down on me. And I would have loved to have seen him reappear, maybe as like the the captain oh. of the ship at the end. Something like hokey, you know, like I, I would have loved that. But um, I would have died for a Baron spinoff, like him helping young people in love in Paris. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Could you imagine? I would love that. I think we uh, have a screenplay on our hands, Emma. <laughs> that or a very, uh, I don't know, promising scripted television series. We'll have to <laughs> get in touch with our Netflix representatives. But um, Oh, side, side, side note. This might be of interest to some of you. Uh, if you're a big Billy Wilder fan, such as myself, they mentioned the play The Seven Year Itch a couple times in this movie. And that would go on to be Billy Wilder's next project, the very famous movie with Marilyn Monroe's subway skirt blow up moment. So it's a little teaser for his own work to come. <laughs> oh, oh, and actually, this is actually kind of also fun really quick on that note of Sunset Boulevard. Uh, the script for this movie was unfinished when they started production. I can so tell. they wrote <laughs> wrote it as they went along. <laughs> Okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I can. I can. Yeah, not 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 much more to say for me, except I would have loved it if we just had a Linus, like an introduction to the history of him loving Sabrina, like all of his life earlier. That's if if that happened, I would have been totally fine with it. But yes, that and also giving Audrey Hepburn top billing, because what is Humphrey Bogart doing <laughs> in the top slot? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, bogey fans. Um, uh, that's what they're called, right? Bogies? Bogey? Or that's what his nickname is, right? Bogey? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so <laughs> those, uh, all right, I'm done. I'm done shredding Sabrina apart. Go watch it, guys. Well, <laughs> everyone. Funny to go from that to that, but uh, I know, am definitely feeling the love this Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, and Levy and Rose. It's kind of like watching. Um, a I star guess. is born? Le- yeah, a star is born. It's like Levine Rose in the UK. I kind of forgot to mention that. But yeah, it's like watching Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, except not at all. And I will say, I do like the chemistry. Okay, this is the last thing that I'll say. I promise. <laughs> I promise. But I did really like, I will end it on a good note. I did really like sort of the embrace of the dance between Sabrina and David of Audrey Hepburn and William Holden. I thought that was very central and I liked that a lot. Ooh, Way more than any anything with Humphrey Bogart or Humphrey Bogart kissing Audrey Hepburn for for William Holden for David. That was just so weird. Anyways, <laughs> done. 
done. Okay, we're done. Okay. We're done. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, uh, so also family. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, check out either Adam's Rib or Sabrina Hepburn. Hepburn double feature. Let us know what you think, which one you liked, what you didn't like, and definitely sound off in the comment section on yes. our uh, social medias. Oh, please sound off for us. We have a very exciting rest of february in store for you all and definitely going to be celebrating black stories black voices uh black stars so that'll be really cool really important and definitely check out our social media because i think we're still going to be celebrating some of those uh, movies just in our story at least uh, what we don't get to definitely so some really really cool stuff coming up and of course get hyped get ready for march madness next month as well uh, just a little little thing on the back burner for you guys to look forward to, but something that we're trying to kind of sort out and hopefully we can make something fun for the community and get everyone engaged in a unique way. Uh, other than that, I mean, feel free to, again, check us out on social media, Old Soul Movie Podcast on Instagram, Old Soul Pod on Twitter. Uh, if you are compelled, we would greatly appreciate any kind of monetary support for the show if you visit our Patreon, Old Soul Movie Podcast. Um yeah, I mean, we are. We would just be very, very grateful for any kind of uh, contribution towards that. If not, do not worry. Not needed. But at the very least, we would ask you to share this episode, share the series, share the love with a friend, someone who you think would love either Sabrina Adams Rib or any of the other films that we've covered in the long growing library that is the Old Soul Movie Podcast. Uh, and feel free to leave us a nice little review and comment on Amazon or not, not Amazon on Apple podcasts and wherever else you receive your podcast. Emma, also, uh, just a note out there for some of you, um, old soul family members that reached out to us. We did receive a couple requests for movies for us to cover. They are in the queue. We will find a place for them. Uh, we have kind of a schedule schedule lined up, but we are working on where we will put those and I can't wait. <laughs> Definitely. So stay tuned, everyone. Keep an ear keep, out. <laughs> yeah. Keep an ear out. Keep an eye out. Feel free and be sure to follow us on social media so you can uh, plug the movies you want us to cover and we'll get around to them. We'll definitely get around to them. So Emma, anything before we sign off here? Uh, nope. Just happy Valentine's day. Spread the love and safely. We'll, safely. <laughs> and then I, okay. I know I've put this out there before cute, like an Instagram Q and a, I am very hopeful that not, the weekend this is coming out, but maybe next weekend there'll be something, a Q&A situation on Instagram. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Stay tuned, everyone. Until next time, we cannot wait to see you. And we hope that you have a very, very safe, fun, happy Valentine's Day. And we look forward to you very soon. Until then, take care. <laughs>